This is the Wet Mountain Tribune podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Hedberg. And before we get into this episode's interviews, I have a simple request from listeners out there. Please considering, if you haven't already, subscribing to the Wet Mountain Tribune print edition newspaper. Each subscription, for less than 73 cents a week, helps support all of the research and journalism we do in the Valley. The newspaper is still one of the most relaxing ways to enjoy and stay informed on the Wet Mountain Valley. Since 1883, we've been here working every week to bring you, our loyal readers, really great information. And a special thanks goes out to everybody that does support us already. We couldn't do it without you. In this week's edition of the podcast, I sit down and talk to two school board members, Monty Lee and Doreen Newcomb, to talk about the issue of at-large voting, a question that voters in this area will have to decide if they're going to remove voting school districts. Now, to be clear, both of these members are sitting down and talking about their opinions from an individual level, and they are not speaking for the board overall. It's a great conversation with a kind of pro or against the ballot that really dives deep and talks about the subtleties of the issue. We hope you enjoy. And um, the first thing that, you know, you know, our discussion today is going to really focus at the at large. And I want to make sure it's clear that um, any listeners out there that uh, you are speaking on your behalf only, not of that of the board. Is that correct? Yes, that is correct. Okay. So one of the things that, uh, first of all, kind of give us a background on how you got um, onto the school board. I mean, what what, sure. what made you to, <laughs> to put all these unpaid hours yeah. uh, into this My daughter work? was uh, in the school. She mm-hmm. started in the middle school, worked through, um, and I always was interested in what was going on. I talked to Barb Jones and some yeah. other people at the time. Uh, Marantino was the superintendent. Mm-hmm. I got to know some of the people. There were a couple incidents. Lance Villers became uh, superintendent. Mm-hmm. Um, Bill McAlee was the representative for the school board for my area. Yeah, Coach Mac. Yeah. Yep. And co- the coach asked me, he said, hey, we're moving. Do you want to be on the school board? <laughs> so I said, yeah, sure, why not? So I didn't know much about it, but I be- got on the school board and then had the election and um, got elected for the rest of Bill's term. You know, the appointments only go until the next general election. Right. Okay. So I got elected then, and then I just uh, ran, served another four years ter- for that. And then... Uh, People asked me to run again, so I'm term limited. So uh-huh. regardless of how this vote turns out on the at-large, it doesn't impact me at all. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I'm done. All right. Okay. So, uh, but I ran for the next four years, and that's what I'm currently on. My term ends next year. So okay. I'll have served over 10 years on the board. Well, that's really impressive. <laughs> so kind of, you know, for, you know, somebody like me that uh, hasn't done a lot of research into this, how did this at large. And what does that even mean? Okay. What what is the discussion that we're talking about that's going to show up on people's ballots? Right. Um, Basically, the state legislature created districts. And the reason why was when you have school, more than one school in a county or or a area for schools, then they were afraid that one person would vote in favor of more money for their school than another. So they created districts so everybody had equal representation. And everybody just followed suit with that. Everybody mm-hmm. just created districts, you know, yeah. drew boundary lines and said, okay, fine, we'll do that. Well, as time has progressed over the last decade, people have seen in rural communities, there's 186 school districts in the state of Colorado. Over 100 of those are rural. Mm-hmm. And in the rural districts, especially those with only one school, people had trouble um, getting people to run, for one thing. Two, it made no sense to have districts because under state statute, Colorado law, 
when I am elected to the school board, I represent the entire community because we have only one school. The mm. entire. No parent that calls me up, I never ask, what district are you from? <laughs> That's not my job. I am required by law to represent everybody throughout the whole county for this mm. school. Yeah. So with one school and you represent them at all, it makes no sense to have districts whatsoever. And more and more have switched over to that. I believe in the letter I wrote to the paper, I said Crowley County is the more recent yeah. one. Yeah. Uh, they could not fill two of the positions. People were not running and uh, people were just, you know, yeah. afraid to put their neck out there. You look at uh, some of the stuff that goes on in the politicians, people are afraid to expose themselves a little bit or the work. But we have parents that would be more than uh, capable of running, but they're just you know, need to be encouraged. And I think uh, I think Crawley County also has, I mean, their population's been cut by like 75% in the That's last the 10 years. Too. We had you 575 know. when I first started on the school board. We're yeah. down to 392. The count will be out today, but yeah. somewhere around there. Yeah, and so. I know Crawley County is even worse yeah. than that by quite a bit. Yeah. Um, so, so you have these districts, and, and in a lot of ways they make sense because a lot of uh, American system is set up where, you have yes. sort of a representation despite the population, you know, density in right. the electoral right. college, right. the Senate. And this seems like it's kind of the same thing, which is there could be a population density in one area. And we don't want that one area to affect an entire district with lots and lots of schools. Yes, yeah, so and I can give you a perfect example there right now. According to uh, Paul Winky, and when he spoke to Rotary yesterday, mm -hmm. he said the number of housing permits and people moving into the town of Westcliff yeah. has is double the entire last year. Yeah. That would mean that this area is overrepresented by the number yeah. of people in here. So yeah. we have to, what's supposed to have been done before the last election was not done, we have to redraw the district line. So oh, if this okay. loses, we will have to redraw the lines, lines prior to the next election. And there's five? There's five. Five districts, okay. Right. Um, so then explain, um, you know, so we've already talked about that. So basically the proposal here is if we get rid of the school, the, 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 the actual lines across Custer County. Right. Uh, because we only have one school, uh, K through 12. So one building is what I'm trying to say. Um, this would allow you to recruit the people that are actually interested in running for school board despite their district. Right. Last year, or yeah, last year at the election, we had somebody that wanted to run. Uh, she pulled the papers, came into the office, got everything, and then subsequent research found her uh, half a block into the next district mm -hmm. where there was no one running, so she could not run. Got it. Uh, th that's a perfect candidate, somebody that wants to run, somebody that cares about the school system, mm -hmm. uh, I think would have been benefited. The school would have benefited had we allow her to run. Mm -hmm. Because when you run at large, it doesn't matter where you live. Right. Okay. And so there's a few districts that do that. I think the fire district yeah. and the clinic uh, districts are, uh, there is no lines. Right. It's if you're a Custer County resident or you're not. Which makes sense. Is the fire care with <laughs> district you're in? You know, yeah, so, okay. so, you know yeah. it, all in all, it just makes total sense. And I see no downside. The fear is that you get one whole family. Let me tell you right now, the last two elections, there were a couple districts, mine yeah. included, where there was no one running against. It'd be very easy to pick, uh, stack the deck and pick select people yeah. running unopposed. That much harder to do in an at-large because... Okay, I see uh, what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. because people are going to see, wait a minute, just like, not to pick on anybody, but the House Hospital Board election, yeah. everybody saw what was happening there. So Well, it was just one group running on a single ticket. One group running on a single okay. ticket. And, and that was yeah. pretty clear, and they didn't yeah. hide the fact that they were doing no, that. No, huh? And so, okay. So that's a good example recently of we've had an at-large district where there was a single ticket. 
and uh, voters had a chance to voters are smart enough to see yeah. that. Okay. Yeah. So um, I think that really is the fear right there is, um, you know, that it would allow either a group or a family or something that, to take undue, undue toll on on um, on, a, on a board. But one of the things I've learned through the years of going through all these meetings is, let's say that even happens. There's a lot of laws that you have to deal with that are, are built into school board Correct. systems yes. that prevent that. Conflict of interest is paramount. Sunshine yeah. law. I mean, everything that you do is under scrutiny yeah. and subject to being sued, courts. You know? yeah. So, uh, yeah, there's not much you can do. What can you do? I mean, basically the job of the school board, the mm-hmm. primary job, is to hire and fire a superintendent. Mm-hmm. How can having, if worst case scenario, <laughs> had five um Jones is all there. Yeah. How can that really affect anything? On that right. because it is the superintendent that hires the te- the staff. Okay. Now we give approval to all that, and right. you could probably bog things down. But it's in essence, our job by state statute mm-hmm. is the hiring and firing of a superintendent and watching the financial affairs of the school. Yeah. So, so. so how have you seen? Uh, I want to go back into a little bit since you have some experience now. Of course, <laughs> at the at being at the district, uh, you know, being on the school board. What are some of the changes that you've seen over the last few years with the school board and then kind of what you guys are looking for in the future um, with the school board and how at-large might help out with that, some of those challenges that are coming up? Running, getting people to run, that's all. When I started, mm-hmm. four of the five board members had kids in school. Mm-hmm. We have one now. Yeah. Right. I had one, so I kind of have some familiarity with the school and everything. Yeah. Um go to all the games and everything. So I have some of that tied to the school. But we're getting people that have absolutely zero ties, zero invested in the school system. So you kind of get bureaucrats or politicians. It doesn't happen here, but in other districts, it's a leaping point to go to commissioner or other things too. So um, I think we would get people that care about the school. Okay. So that... And then I guess the last uh, thing uh, that I, I know I've heard before is um, to, to make this a decision and put it on the ballot, the school had to spend a certain amount of money. And I knew there was some opposition to that just because finances are tight. So would it, w- what was the reasoning for doing it this year versus maybe a future year or something like that? Okay, make it clear. Kelly Camper has all said this. Regardless of what year we did it, uh-huh. it would have cost. Okay? okay. So it's a fixed cost. Okay. It, it is an absolute because it depends on how many issues are on the ballot. Mm-hmm. At the time, the worst case estimate was 10 if there was nothing else on the ballot. Yeah. There's a thousand things on the ballot. <laughs> it's a big ballot this yeah, year. Yeah, <laughs> it's a big ballot. So our cost will go down. She oh, said okay. it could be as little as $3,500. So okay. the more stuff on the ballot, the better it is for us. It lowers the cost. Okay. Why this year? We wanted it this year because of the fact it will now affect next year's election okay. for school board. And how many uh, seats are coming? Three seats are up for next three, year. Three yeah. seats. Okay, so that is quite a bit. Yeah, we were worried. The two of those had no one running at all. Yeah. So, you know, the thing is, this will now give an opportunity for anybody that wanted to run for those three positions next year. Okay, that's really good. That's why we did it now. If we did it next year, it wouldn't take effect for another two years after that. So okay. you're talking three years away. Yeah, know, so. okay. So that makes a lot more sense on on that side. Let me say something real quick yeah, here please, just yeah. to clarify something. This is not an absolute vote. If it vote gets the vote is for it, in favor of it, and we go at large, 
and another school gets built somehow in our Custer County, okay. or people don't like it, they can vote to put it back right. to a district representation. Okay. Just because you make a change doesn't make it, ooh, you're stuck with that for the rest of your life. Yeah, right? and, and I guess the, the biggest downside that people could see is that you, you, you would have too much focus in one area, but in such a yes. small community, yeah. um, even the town of Silvercliff and Westcliff um, only account for about 25% of the entire population of Custer Correct. County. Yes. We're a little upside down <laughs> compared true. to most places. That's true, where yes. Most of the population actually lives outside of the right. urban limits. Right. Um, so you do have a certain amount of, um, the probabilities are that people are not going to live in the towns. Right. Uh, even though the density is a little bit higher. In yeah, the and so that, that's why you go to at-large, because yeah. you want them to be represented too. Since yeah, because usually it's the opposite. You know, usually yes. it's the urban center you know, Fremont County is a good example. I think they got forty or fifty thousand people that live in the county, but thirty thousand yes. of them live in yeah. in Florence and and Canyon and Penrose, essentially. So the the rest of the ten thousand is scattered over. And know. that's why I say that things change and they discover gold in this town or something, and everybody moves into the town. <laughs> it can always be voted to change things. Too, okay. So. Okay. And is there any kind of final thoughts you'd like anybody to kind of think about before going well, to the election? Like I said, I have no. Um, it does not impact me at all on the vote. I feel this is the best for the students. Everything I've done on the school board has been with the students in mind. What's best for the students, our teachers, what's best for, these are our future leaders. Mm -hmm. So I think if you get people that care about the school system, that attend the events, uh, know what our kids are doing. I mean, they're amazing, some of the stuff. If you go to the choir or the drama yeah. plays and everything else, these kids are amazing. We need to give them the best opportunity. And I think an at-large system gets people involved that care about our school system. And before we get into the next interview with Doreen Newcomb, I want to take a moment and thank everybody that already subscribes to the Went Mountain Tribune print edition newspaper. We couldn't do these types of interviews and these types of stories without your support. If you haven't subscribed already, it's fairly easy. Just visit www.wetmountaintribune.com and subscribe or give us a call at 719-783-2361. And without further ado, here is my interview with Doreen Newcomb. Getting into uh, the interview, I mean, one of the first things I want to start with is I don't think most people, um, uh, you know, probably know that your background that are going to listen to this. So if you could, and I also want to make it clear too that you're here representing um, your take on this at large issue Correct. and not that of the not school a, boards. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, I asked the same thing of Monty as well, just so that we're clear on that, that this isn't a consensus of, a, mm -hmm. of the board. And I asked both of you on there because you're both. Uh, people that I, I feel like we have a good conversation with what well thought, thought out kind of thoughts on this particular issue. So first, I mean, just let me know what your kind of background is uh, in education and what got you to go for the school board to begin with. Well, I have 30 years in education and I ended my um, career as a high school librarian. Um, I was over 14 libraries. I was on a council that, that included several uh, public libraries because mm -hmm. And then we also met with colleges in the area to make sure that our students were coming out prepared for wherever they were going. Mm -hmm. um, I taught everything from preschool up through high school. So I, I had a variety of experience with different groups of children and different types of schools. And then when we moved here, I retired and I volunteered and subbed in the school for nine years here. Um, so I do know a little bit about the mm -hmm. the dynamics of the school and, and the different 
um, superintendents that have come through the school and and I do I'm familiar with many of the children and, and when was uh, when were you when, how many years are you into your being on the school board <laughs> I'm not I'm almost one okay so yeah I couldn't I'm remember if it was new. last year yeah right okay in November it'll be Perfect. one year yeah. and so what inspired you to, to run in the first place well I decided at a certain age, I was not going to work in the school anymore <laughs> full time, and so I, um, I thought, well, I could be on the school board, because I would still be involved. I would make a difference, and, and I could represent the side that the, more the faculty, the teachers, mm -hmm. the staffing, um, and the different things that go on in the building that I was familiar with that not all school board members are familiar with. Mm -hmm. So I thought that would be some some area that I could I could fill a role in and make a difference. And and I didn't want to do nothing. I wanted to do something. And right. I thought that would be a perfect fit. Mm -hmm. um, I wasn't sure I'd get elected because the three people ran in our district. Mm, that's and, right. And um, so I just thought, well, go for it. And if you don't, you don't. And if you do, great. <laughs> Um, and I, it's been a learning curve. Mm. Um, I, I have been at many, many board meetings and none of them have resembled what I'm seeing here. So I will <laughs> say that it's very <laughs> yeah. different. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, so what, one reason I brought you in because you made something really interesting which is when I had interviewed you last year, I think it was, uh, man, time seems to crawl and fly at the same time. But, um, you know, one of the things that you had mentioned is that you were interested in, and I reread the interview, looking into the at-large at issue. Right. So I, I went back and looked at the what I had written uh, and some of the quotes that we had pulled from there and the audio recordings that I had. And um, so it was just by luck that I happened to go to the school board meeting where that came up to vote. Right. And so, um, you know, I, clearly Monty is a four and he gave some great reasons for it. Um, and what I get the sense from you is that you're maybe not necessarily against it, but you do have some thoughts and caveats on that it. That is correct. Yeah. When I first uh, started looking into it, I'd never been in a district that had at large right. um, because all my school districts in Texas were very large districts. Yeah. and. Rarely do they have at-large unless they have one at-large ca candidate to balance the mm -hmm. the district. And um, what I was finding was that most of the reasons that the small rural school districts were choosing was because it was hard for them to get a slate of candidates mm. with five districts. Now, some of them, for some reason, have seven. Yeah. And that doesn't make sense to me at all yeah. in, in a small rural area. Yeah. And I can see where it would be a struggle. Yeah. And so they have gone to um, at-large. Many of the at-large school districts have done so for convenience, hmm. not not because they believe it's the right way to go. or Right. Uh, and it's not all of them. It's about, um, I think I counted, uh, we had a meeting in Walsenburg mm -hmm. and and several of them were there, and most of them had at-large districts. But when I started looking at the list, it looked like maybe, I don't know, 50%, mm -hmm. or I'm not, that's not an accurate number, but 50% right. or more, right at that level, 
were at large and 50% were still director districts. Mm-hmm. And in looking at our situation, because we go from Wetmore, right, clear out that direction yeah. to um, the, the airport line. and to the Werfano line, yeah. and then going the other direction to Cotopaxi, and we have um, very rural uh, ranch land yeah. and, and very... Um, large population areas, little pockets of large right. population. And and then Wetmore is a whole different thing, a whole different Yeah, they're feeling. in the Florence right. School District. Uh, well, Fremont part School of them District. are in our district. Right. And part of and most of them are in are in the Fremont School Fremont. District, correct. Yeah. And so I started thinking if we just abandon districts and went to at large it would be very possible for a group of people to unite to pull a slate, say, from a, a small area like, like I don't know, um, Cuerna Verde or mm-hmm. Rosita or, or even going down towards Wetmore. Mm-hmm. Um, and their interests, they would have special interests. And what they would be supporting, even though... Technically, every board member, no matter what district they represent, represents everybody in the community and every student. Mm-hmm. Um, it's possible that they would have some special interests they would be supporting. Mm-hmm. Also, you might get a group of people um, that would be politically motivated to band together to run for school mm-hmm. board and make changes that they felt needed to be made. Mm-hmm. Or um, religious mm-hmm. groups that could do this. And... Um, I never even considered this until they ran a slate. Was it for the um, the hospital the hospital district. board? And I thought, yeah. can you do that? <laughs> and I guess they still were individually voted on, but yeah. they were they went out and spoke together and presented together, and they had similar uh, backgrounds and interests. And, yeah. And so that that kind of uh, surprised me because we do have. We do have different areas of our population that that do need support. For instance, the ranchers have specific needs Mm -hmm. um, that are different from me, for instance, who's Mm -hmm. a retired person. And we have a lot of retired people in our (laughs) district. So um, although I think it wouldn't be the awful thing since we paid the money if we tried it, if it won, Mm. I am not for it. Mm-hmm. And and so you're not for it for that kind of particular uh, one viewpoint. I don't think campaign. we would have a balanced right. I don't yeah. think we would have a balanced representation. Yeah. Um, and we're not going to get any more parents out of that because right. parents can run in the districts also, and they didn't last yeah. year. We had one parent run. Yeah, and you know I could see there's two sides to it, which is you would want more parents to run because, uh, because so skin it, in the game right. and decisions. It really makes a, their decision making process have a lot more weight to it. But at the same time, they're also the ones probably working and and the, least, the least time to put into it. You know, into which is a very um, I wouldn't say busy, but it's a very serious. It takes a lot of time and a lot of energy to be on the school board um, for no pay. <laughs> it also takes a lot of time and energy to be a parent for no pay. So. Yeah, well, but, you know, so I asked him to do a second one. It is is really difficult. Right. And uh, one thing I uh, actually like about this discussion uh, is I think it actually highlights a really key point about um, 
essentially kind of American representative democracy, which is that this district plan was based off a very similar plan. We have a Senate for a reason. Right. You know, we have a Senate that says even though one area is more populous than other, you, each state, regardless, gets two votes. The Electoral College works the same way, mm -hmm. which is we don't want to overweight just the population right. centers. Um, we want to try to make sure that it's representative. And so you have these districts um, that help with that. Was And we've really basically said in America, it's not all about the best good for the most amount of people. It's the best decision respecting the rights of every single person without exception. I would hate to think that we were making this decision based on special interests, though, mm -hmm. because I know people have said it would be easier to get their friend elected or, or their demographic elected um, if we were at large, and I am not, I'm not understanding that. Mm -hmm. um, I, I know Monty and Jake keep saying we need coaches yeah. involved, and... Yeah. Um, but coaches can run anytime. That's not yeah. that's not a yeah. a barrier to being mm -hmm. a representative from a district. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think that um, you know you, you bring up some good points I hadn't thought of before. Um, one of the the original reasons that people did want to push it off was cost. Um, fortunately, the ballot seems to be pretty big this year, so some of the original estimates of say 10,000 don't look like they're going to be no, in that ballpark. No, but it's still going to be in the thousands when yeah. we didn't have to do it yeah, this year. Exactly. Because I was thinking we would do it on the next school board election year. Mm -hmm. Which is next, next year. year. Yeah. And uh, the cost would be different then. Mm. Um, so because we had to send that out anyhow, then it would be much cheaper to... You had to spend that money on those right. ballots being... So we didn't have to spend it this year. It right. The, and now right. we're spending it two years. Right. And I guess the counter-argument to that is is that if we did it, it would take effect by next year because I think three seats are... Open coming up, are Coming up to right. run. So I can see both sides to that that particular argument. Um, and Well, we had, a, we had a hard year this year on, yeah. on expenses that we were not expecting. Yeah, and why don't you, you talk a little bit more about this? I know it's about the at-large uh, program, but... Uh, you know, what are some of the things that the school board um, is kind of responsible for doing? What are some of the struggles as a board together that you're struggling with, at least in finances terms? Well, we get to find out how much money we have in October. So, mm -hmm. for instance, we can't raise teachers' salaries at the beginning of the year because until October we don't know how much money we actually will have. It's based on um, what the state does and what our actual population count is. Mm -hmm. And because we have been losing students... right. Um, we can't really depend on our estimates to be accurate. And to put the, the losing students in perspective, uh, I graduated Custer County High School in 2005, which was probably about peak enrollment somewhere in there. We were just under 600 K through 12. Um, so w when the 2008 hit, it's been sort of a steady slide. We've kind of leveled out the last couple of years, but you know we are down by 40% from that max. I think it was almost 600 in 2008 because I yeah. remember a year that we. It was had very that close, but yeah, it's to been 600. Going down since then, yeah. correct? Yeah, and so that that brings a lot of. You also have a building that was designed not only for 600 students, but it was actually designed to house closer to 1,200 uh, at full capacity, because they felt like you know the trajectory of the population was going up. straight up, and uh, you know when I was 
there, uh, my freshman year and middle school, we had modulars uh, that they had parked right. on and the other side. Have some of them back there. Yeah, but those were the same ones. But right. now they don't. You know, now they use they them for more extra right. extra stuff or whatever. But you know, there was a serious space crunch, uh, student uh, crunch. I mean, everything was jammed into these three wings of this tiny little school, and um, so I could see why they built it. But they also wanted to make sure they built enough because the population in the 90s and early 2000s had been, you know, three or four times the amount of students in less than 10 years. And then, of course, we hit 2008 and something unexpected happened and that brought us down. So it sounds like that has been really putting a lot of financial pressure. It does because people expect the same things to be done the same way. Mm -hmm. But we're working with half the money and half the students. Mm -hmm. And... um, and so you've got to be very careful about how you spend your dollars and to make sure that you're getting the most benefit for the students out of how you spend your money. Yeah. And that's why I get uncomfortable with just ending it. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, uh, I mean, we had, we had some legal things come up. We had uh, the water bill. Yeah, the sewage water bill. Then when we... Uh, Which was, you know, closer to like forty to $50,000. Um, instead of estimate. sixteen, yeah, right. instead of sixteen. So that was a so job. adding on another ten thousand or right. five thousand or thirty five hundred dollars when you could cut that cost next year um, was kind of the discussion when they had right. the vote in May. Uh, so. And and so that was why I was not really comfortable with going forward with it this year um, mm-hmm. because I knew these things had come up. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the the voters. They're going to get a chance to decide, and whichever way it goes, mm-hmm. we will have to make some changes. If we go with the, continue with the districts, we will have to redistrict. We will have to draw a district map because we're supposed to do that every so many years, and it's mm-hmm. time for us to do that. Yeah, and to be it, in compliance. Yeah, and that, um, some of that has you know, it will be a little more complicated because we have been growing. From a population standpoint, not so much from a student standpoint. But not kids, right? Yeah, because right. I think so we are going to be hard to figure out how to do that. We are going to break the five thousand uh, population mark probably this year, uh, residents of Custer County, not part time, and uh, but the school population is still, um, you know, sixty uh, percent of what it was, uh, in, let's say a decade ago in two thousand and eight. Um, you know, at three hundred and somewhere around 80 students probably right I'm not, I'm not sure what um, they should be taking it if they haven't already October 2nd may have been I, the day they did it I think they do and then we should get the results so we should next have week. the results soon yeah, on, yeah. of how how big our population yeah. is um, so while I was in favor of investigating it and that's mm-hmm. actually what we're still doing mm-hmm. so I, I'm not I'm not radically opposed to this. Mm-hmm. But if I were, if I were in charge, we would probably stay with the five districts mm-hmm. for now. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I guess that's that's mostly <laughs> what I have to say about that. I'm not. I'm not hoping that we win or lose. Right. I'm. Well, and that's why I wanted to bring you in to chat because I, I knew that you, you did have some good thoughts and, and had put some contemplation into this uh, particular issue. Um, so before we uh, close up, is there anything else you want well, readers we, or listeners to know? <laughs> regardless of which way it goes, yeah, 
every board member represents every single student and every single community member. Right. So in reality and ideally, it should not matter. Right. right. Um, I am more comfortable work, working with the district, mm -hmm. with the five districts that we have, which would be also redrawn so they'd be a little mm -hmm. different. I think everybody has an opportunity to run. I mean, it's not like we were overburdened with people wanting to run. No, no. I think there was three in one district and Mine. only one in right. the and other. Right. <laughs> the others had one. Yeah. Um, I think it's just it takes a lot of thought to become a school board member, and I'm not sure that that mm. changing the way we do this is mm. going to increase the numbers of people coming forward to run. Yeah, and I think that's a, an interesting uh, subject. I mean, there, there's the requirements. So what were some of the requirements that are in place? You have to be a voter. Right. You for, have to, for 12 months. Right. So, okay, because... From, from when you're installed in office, right. not from when you pick up your application. Oh, okay, gotcha. And I believe that's how it goes. Yeah. And you have to... Um, live in the district if you have a district and you have to not be found guilty of sexual misconduct with a minor or a mm -hmm. child uh, a criminal record or anything like that uh, it's not one of the things listed okay. i'm sure that if you were running that would come out yeah. it would be, somebody would bring it up but possibly you actually don't know um, yeah but i think it's because they want everybody to have a chance mm -hmm. to be a part of a school board right right and so they try not to put a lot of um onus on the person running mm -hmm. the hardest part is the application mm -hmm. and, and getting your signatures and and how many signatures do you need i can't remember we'll have to we'll put it i thought it was like 25 yeah i think so now but i think as population increases you're It'll continue to go up yes because it's a percentage of your population yeah. okay well thank you so much for uh, having this little interview thank you for having me Thanks for listening to this edition of the Wet Mountain Tribune podcast. For more information on the Wet Mountain Tribune print newspaper, please visit us at www.wetmountaintribune.com or give us a call at 719-783-2361 or you can always stop by at our location at 404 Main Street in beautiful downtown Westcliff, Colorado. We'd love to chat with you.